Well, blessing and peace on you, my friends. Call you blessed in the mighty name of King Jesus. Troy Brewer coming at you strong from the studios here at Open Door Church in Big Time Burleson, Texas. Guys, welcome to the podcast broadcast. If you're listening on the radio or one of our Shining 72 radio stations from sea to Shining Sea, I call you blessed in the mighty name of King Jesus. Or if you have signed up for our podcast at iHeartRadio or perhaps at TroyBrewer.com, or any other place where you sign up for podcasts, man, I want to say welcome to you, whatever part of the world that you're listening to this in. Um, a few weeks ago, I started a brand new venture. I mean, I didn't have anything else to do, so I'm like, hey, let's just do something else. I'm just too bored, you know? There's not much going on. Uh, no, uh, I don't think I've ever said that in my life, to tell you the truth. Uh, we are a busy bunch around here, and this is an incredibly busy time of year, but I was like, hey, no, I have some really good friends, and one of my good friends is a guy by the name of Jamie Galloway, and we started a brand new video podcast thing that we actually put on uh, Facebook every single Tuesday at 12 o'clock Central Noon, and I want to share it with you. This is called The Revelation Report. And we're going through the book of Revelation, and we're actually talking about random prophetic events that we see that's going on all around us. And Jamie Galloway hails out of Nashville, Tennessee. You can find him at jamiegalloway.com, and I'm getting ready to go there now. Guys, God bless you so much, and enjoy this. Make yourself teachable. Here we go. Well, hello, my friends. Blessing and peace on you in the mighty name of King Jesus. Guys, welcome. Troy Brewer here, coming at you strong from my office here in big time Burleson, Texas. Yeah, we just got through with our really cool staff meeting and now we're doing this at one o'clock for all my friends that are on my online mentoring community that's called The Prophetic Life. I'm gonna be joining you guys with also two a very special guests. And as a matter of fact, I'm gonna be joining you today on this revelation report also with a special guest on top of my usual not so special guest, Brother Jamie Galloway. With all that said, I'll bring I'll bring both of these cats on here here within the next few minutes. And let me start off here by saying this: the sky is not falling, friends. The kingdom is coming. God Almighty is doing great and mighty things, and you're not going to miss it. Now everything's changed and everything looks different. But look, man, you knew that the wineskins were going to change. How in the world can we be effective Christians without being a prophetic people? And how can we be a prophetic people if we're not biblically prophetic? Guys, this uh, podcast, whatever where this is, this teaching is an ongoing effort for us to be victorious kingdom people extremely prophetic people, and also extremely biblically prophetic people. And I want to tell you, man, that's a pretty good stretch. It sure is. For us, the book of Revelation is all about a book of the majesty of the Lord Jesus Christ. And I think that this is our 10th or our 11th episode. Tab, you know how many? Yeah, this is number, this episode 11. So we actually have, we actually have 10 hours of content as we go through line upon line and scripture upon scripture through the book of Revelation. And today, guys, we're going to be at the end of Revelation chapter three, as we continue to go through the seven churches and the impact of the word of King Jesus on those seven churches. All right, guys, please don't forget to like this. Please don't forget to hit the little bell and go cha-ching, cha-ching. Do not forget to comment on this. And I can see that I have friends all over the world. There's a couple of people that I don't like that aren't here. That are on here, but I'm not going to point you out. Uh, we do not have a culture of shame here, including Mildred, but Mildred's sitting here next to me. I actually like you, Mildred. You're a good girl. Giles, I like your wife. She's cool, man. Yeah, like you too, brother. Guys, uh, joining me all the way, all the way from big time uh, Nashville, Tennessee is my good friend, brother Jamie Galloway. Brother Jamie, what's up, dude? Hey, what's up, Troy? How's it going, bud? I'm Finest frog hair, as we say here in Johnson County, man. Nice, man. Nice. Yeah. You like that term? Yeah. Hey, actually, Darren Darren is with us, and I'm about to introduce him and bring him to us. But uh, Darren actually spoke to our 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 staff this morning. He actually did the staff meeting. And then on the staff meeting, he was going off, and one of his words was, you got to stomp the frogs. 
You got to deal with all the distractions. You got to deal with all the icky stuff that just keeps coming at you and keep coming at you. And then you have to have your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. And he said, dude, peace is a weapon of warfare. Come on, man. That's awesome. I stole all his stuff. I'm going to preach it all over the world. And people are going to think I'm awesome. You know, it's funny. While he's down there, I was up actually just this last weekend in Seattle. So near his neck of the well, he woods. Got out of town. When he time. found out you were coming, he's like, I'm out. And he left. Yeah. He's like, <laughs> oh, man. Well, Darren, I know you're probably hearing this, man. We're excited to have you today. It's going to be a great conversation. I have I have a third party here that I'm going to actually, he's going to be able to join us. He's going to be with us all week long. And he's helping us today with the Revelation Report as we get into the Church of Laodicea. Guys, this is Pastor Darren Stott from the Seattle Revival Center. Boom! What's up, people? Good to see you. It's good to be here. Revelation Report, represent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's do this. I'm ready. Let's go. Let's go. <laughs> okay, I'm getting that brother off. Listen, this this show is legit, and we have to have... Hey, Darren, I, I want to tell you, it's a really big deal, man, to have you with us today. Thanks so much, man. Thank oh, you. Man, it's an honor. I'm yeah. excited. Okay. So, uh, Brother Jamie, are you ready to get off into this, man? Yeah, man, I am. Uh, this is going to be great, man. We got Laodicea. We're wrapping up this... How long? How many weeks have we been doing this? Is it actual seven weeks, or did we do other? Is it nine weeks now? I'm not sure, but uh, this is a. We've actually done ten. Week. We've actually done ten weeks. Ten we've weeks. Actually, wow. Yeah. Okay. Well, those of us that are responsible have. I mean, I you haven't been there for all of them. I have. I've been through all of them. Yeah. Because that's but, how I am. I I plow through and I overcome adversity, and that's what I do. You well, you actually only missed two of those, bro. Yes, I only two. missed two of them. But thanks for keeping it warm for us. <laughs> and, uh, so today we're gonna bring the fire. And we got Darren on. I'm I'm on. I'm here. I'm in. I'm fully clothed and in my right mind. So I'm gonna I'm gonna bring my A game. <laughs> okay, man. All right, bro. Well, I'm unlike in. Like last time. Right? So exactly. Unlike, unlike yeah. last time. Yeah. Unlike unlike last, unlike last time. Yeah. The demoniac of Gadara. Okay, guys. We're gonna be getting off into. We're in Revelation chapter three, and today. We're talking about the church of the Laodiceans. And remember, guys, that whenever we went through this, we actually discussed, we went off on the importance of understanding that there's all different kinds of prophetic layers in every single bit of this. And there are prophetic timelines that a lot of people will argue that these are, are that these are prophetic timelines or ages of the church. That's true, but it's not exclusive to that. And that's, that's something that a lot of people do not understand when it comes to prophetic revelation, as they're like, no, no, your revelation is not the same as my revelation, therefore yours is wrong and mine is right, or vice versa, and that is not the, that is not the way that it is. There's actually multiple layers of revelation within all this, and uh, I, I think that, you know, again, there's just a lot of uh, Antifa bullies in the body of Jesus that like to go around busting out the windows of other people's ministries, and they have no idea how valuable that is or that revelation is to that community. And they're going around, and I mean, they're caught up in the same spirit, and I bust out the windows and go, we don't have any value for this, so nobody else should have any value for it. Uh, get rid of that spirit. Get get rid of that spirit and throw it out the window. And just because you don't get it, just because you don't understand it, doesn't mean that you got to go and you got to destroy it. That's not, or or you have to form a ministry against it. So we recognize that there's a lot of other ministries, and that there are a lot of other uh, there's a lot of other prophetic realities and truths about this scripture and about what it is that we're bringing. We're not saying ours is exclusive. Like a lot of these people who think that they're the high sheriffs of heaven and they go around with their 50 pound head and that's their whole ministry is arguing with people and busting out their windows. And I tell you, I don't like that. I have nothing to do with any of that. I don't want to be caught up in that spirit. I heard Darren Stott say this morning that that the the true uh the true prayer of the Lord Jesus Christ, the Lord's prayer was not the one where he instructed us and we call it the Lord's prayer. It was the one where he was in a garden and he was bleeding and he was crying out and he was saying, Father, make them one, even as we are one. Uh, you gave that word this morning, brother. Why don't you tell us about that? Yeah. So I think it's interesting that like like the true Lord's prayer is when Jesus was um, uh, just pouring out his heart, which we know was his father's heart. Right. So like Jesus said, if you've heard me, you've heard the Father. If you've seen me, you've seen the Father. So Jesus is our glimpse into the character and nature 
of the Father, right? So there in that prayer, when Jesus is praying, he's like, Father, I pray that just, just as you are in me and I am in you and we are one, I pray that the church would be in this union, that the church would participate in our oneness and that they would be known uh, for their for their love. And I think that uh, we've got one overused word right now in the church, and it's this word love. And I think that uh, a lot of things are being um, uh, uh, overlaid on this word. And, we, and we've defined love as, uh, 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 as passivity, as, as just kind of the, the, the very sh- in a very shallow way, right? Like I love my iPhone. Um, I love my, my, my car. And the Lord I is inviting us steak. into this place. Of, <laughs> like, <laughs> the Lord is inviting us into this place where like, where we are one. Right, where we're willing to fight for true unity, and so yeah, man, there's there's a temptation right now to enter into. I love what you're saying, Pastor Troy, about this Antifa spirit in the in the church, which is like I think it was uh, Thyatira, is that right? With the uh, the where they were tolerating Jezebel, yeah, and that is that place. Jezebel is that place of tearing down Christian leadership and prophetic leadership. And so there's a temptation right now to, to want to destroy each other, to d- destroy each other's property, wow. destroy each other's ministries. And it is the antithesis of the Lord's prayer that we would be one and we would deeply love each other and care for each other and care about this huge kingdom agenda. And so, uh, yeah. Yeah. Okay, man. Well, I, uh, we agree. And it's, it's something that, you know, we've been talking about a whole lot here over the past couple of days is just like, okay, what should we answer and what should we not answer? Well, I want to just kind of answer it this way and just say this too. And there's a lot of people that passively attack me and there's some people that outright, outright attack me. And if you're going to be a prophetic voice, if you're going to do that, I understand that first, the first thing I would say to this is what part of Jesus's ministry was not attacked? What, what part of his ministry was not attacked? So if you're not being attacked, um, you probably are not in the right place. The second thing is this. If you have lots of time to attack lots of other people, it's because uh, you have too much time, meaning you're not saving boys and girls out of sexual trafficking. You're not preaching the gospel from the pulpit. You're not feeding 150,000 people a year. You are not. You do not have 13 leprosy villages throughout the year. Uh, you are not bringing together races throughout the world. You're not in support of Israel. You are are not fighting abortion. You are not all those things. And it's because, you know, you're weak, lazy, cowardly theology, and you have to manifest a show of strength by attacking people that it's safe to attack. So I, I, I say all that to say this too, that, that my favorite verse concerning the attacks of people who are prophetic and want to come and bust out your windows within the body of Jesus is simply Nehemiah, whenever his opposition came against him and said, hey, we need you to come down from building that wall and come down here and have a talk with us. And they actually want to kill him. And he said, why should I come down seeing I am doing a good thing? Wow. Come on, man. That's incredible. That's what I said. Why should I, why should I come down and play in that sandbox? You guys have time to do that. And by the way, Jesus knows you by your works. That's what he tells the church. And that's exactly what we're going to get off into before we get off into that here today, because we're talking about this thing with the Laodicean church where they tolerated, they, they, they came up with this thing and just went, we refuse to be agitated by the things that we ought to be agitated against. We refuse to be passionate about the things we ought to be passionate against. And Jesus literally said, you make me want to throw up. It's yeah. not very nice. This is not nice, Jesus. This is majestic, Jesus. And, and this yep. is not a lamb-like move of God. It is a lion-like move of God. Before before I get off into any of that, Darren, do you have anything else, man, you want to say on any of that? Yeah, I just want to say on the whole attack thing. I think uh, believers, we, we better get used to being attacked. Yep. I mean, we worship a man that was crucified. That's all I wanted to say. Wow. Yeah, mic drop. Okay, right on. Exactly. Let's get into the word here because uh, there's nowhere else to go beyond that. So (laughs) right here, I'm going to read off of verse 14 in Revelation 3, and to the angel of the church of the Laodiceans write, these things says the amen, the faithful and true witness, the beginning of the creation of God. I know your works, that you are neither cold nor hot, but I could wish you were cold or hot. So then... Because you are lukewarm and neither cold 
nor hot, I will vomit you out of my mouth. Let's stop there. That's a powerful, powerful series of statements right there. Right there, he says he's the beginning of the creation of God, which reminds me of John 1. You know, in the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Genesis 1 is the not, not the creation story, it's the recreation story. It's the story that is re-illustrating John 1, which is in the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, the Word was God. He, Jesus is the beginning of the creation of God. He's not the created son. It's that he was in the, in the beginning in the father and the father said, uh, light in me be and light came out of him and was the son and the son, not the S U uh, N, but the S O N was the light that lights of the whole world. And as scripture says, enlightens every man coming into the world. And so he, he goes on, and he's the faithful and true witness. But the works, he says, I know your works. You're neither hot nor cold. That's a that's a crazy statement. What do you guys say? What, what what's your take on that? Oh, I got some cool stuff, but I bet you, I bet you, you do, Darren. Well, you want to start off with that? Yeah, I was just thinking about how he's talking about um when when I've looked at this or even probably taught it in the past, I've always taught it in in terms of our level of passion. So if you're not, if, if you're cold in your passion towards the Lord, or if you're, if you're, you know, and I think that maybe when we read this, we tend to think of it in terms of how much passion we have in, in, in church services. Right. And so for those of us who are, you know, in, in church meetings, we're like, God, you gotta come. Right. We're just like swaying and just like, ah, and there's nothing wrong with that. I think that's all awesome. But a lot of us, we, 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 we think in terms of our level of passion in, in church services. And what the Lord is saying here is, I know, uh, I I know your record of toils. I I know your record of of this is regarding it like your sweat and your blood during the week, not just in, at church meetings. And that that that's very the, the the fear of the Lord is on that that the Lord knows our record of toil or lack thereof. And what that says to me is that. What we are applying ourselves, the way we are applying ourselves during the week, not on Sunday, but Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, the, the Lord is paying attention to our level of, of passion and integration of our understanding of the kingdom into our daily record and, and, and duty. And that what he's saying, what I what I hear is that um is that there's not there is not a deliberate intentional integration of the kingdom in your daily duty there's no passion in your toil it's 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 work without worship and mm-hmm. and it and it's bland it's saltless and, and the lord is like <laughs> like yuck i don't want it so for me, it's like this is like a, a wake up call, you know, for me, for the church. It's like we have to we have to take the father's business seriously. And it's not just the songs that we sing. Uh, that is our worship. It is our daily toil. It is the things that we're willing to bleed for and cry for and weep for the things that we're willing to fill for. And I worry uh, that within the church that there's been a separation of of worship from our work, from our from our toil. Mm, wow. That's good stuff. That's real good stuff. I really like Jamie how he says how he starts off by I, I I'm always interested whenever Jesus is dealing with the seven churches, how he introduces himself to the church. Yeah. Okay. So so when you're dealing with the majesty of Jesus, the relational aspect of dealing with the majesty of Jesus, and remember, remember the book of Revelation is is if you look at it through the through the lens of majesty, is this he's you 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 get to find out very quickly who he is to you, who you are to him, and how you're supposed to operate within his kingdom. Right. Yeah. Okay. And so he always starts off with this is who I am to you. Now mm. I'm going to tell you who you are to me. Mm. And now I'm going to tell you how you're operating within my kingdom whether it's good or it's bad if it's good it comes a judgment comes in the form of reward if it's i should say if it's redeemed judgment comes in the form of reward if it's not redeemed the judgment comes in the form of punishment Mm. so the Whenever, whenever the majesty of Jesus shows up and he brings his redemption, he either does that whenever, whenever he brings it, he's either going to bring reward or punishment with him. And he says this, he says, he says, I am the amen. Okay. That's the ending part. 
I am the one who establishes everything. And then he says, and I am the faithful, meaning I'm the one that pulled it off. Wow. So he starts off going, okay, I'm the finisher and I'm the one who made it happen. And then he said, and I'm the true witness. So I can actually tell you what's real. And then he says, I'm the beginning of the creation of God and I'm the alpha male. Oh man. You don't know who the big dog is? It's me. And you need to know that Mr. And Miss Laodicean. Okay. I'm the guy that pulls it. I'm the guy that made it. I'm the guy who, who finishes out. I'm the guy that actually makes it happen. I'm the guy that tells you what's real. And I'm the alpha male. That's how he introduces himself. Come on. To the church of Laodicea. And that is like, okay, I think we need to pay attention to what King Jesus is saying here wow. because it's, it's, he's like, okay, this is who I am and this is what I'm doing. So it's wow. like, it's a big deal. Then he says this, he says the same thing that he always says again, how does he judge the church? By their works. And mm. I know that people here in the Bible news, I mean, the Bible belt are not going to uh, deal with that because they have a lazy theology and they want to constantly tell you why their city is going to hell, why their why everything, why their families are going to hell, why everything around them is going to hell. And it's because it's not their fault. It's because of their doctrine of sovereignty and God's in control of everything. And we're not going to be held responsible for doing anything. Well, that that flies with your religious bless me clubs, but it doesn't fly with the majesty of Jesus. He goes, wow. no. I'm the alpha male and I'm going to tell you what's real. And I'm the guy that actually does stuff. And now I'm going to deal with you according to your works. And so that's, that's real. And that's the Bible and that's new Testament and it's Jesus. That's what that is. Wow. So it's incredible. So, so what do you got on that? Because I got, then I got to tell you guys about the history of Laodicea and how that headlines. I'm just picturing, you know, it's that in business speak, it's send in the closer. You know, oh, <laughs> when, when, uh, you know, heaven, <laughs> heaven's watching all these prophets do their thing all throughout the Old Testament and, and, you know, setting it up. And then the father goes, send in the closer. And then Jesus comes and yeah. he wraps this whole thing up and he's like, boom, he's on the cross. He says, it is finished. But wow. when he said it is finished, he didn't mean it is over. It's just the beginning of a new era. <laughs> and so, you know, when we hear that word, it is finished, a lot of uh, doctrine today is coming and saying, there's nothing therefore that you can do. But Jesus didn't mean it is over. He meant it. the work of God in the sacrifice of the Son is complete. And so that is complete. There therefore needs, needs to be no longer any sacrifice uh, of, of blood of the bulls and goats, but now we have Jesus who is our eternal sacrifice. And so then the resurrection gives us the hope and the guarantee of the things to come. And so we have to understand that just because Jesus died and did it all for us on the cross, that's pertaining to sin. Our life in Christ is no longer about sin management. That's what has been dealt with on the cross. And so if your life is no longer about sin management, what are you What are you called to lead? What are you called to steward? You're called to steward and lead the gifts and the talents that God has given you and the relationships that God has given you, like Jesus said in John 17, all those you have given me, I have not lost any of them. And so can we say that? And I'm looking forward to that moment where I can say that, Lord, all those you have given me, I have not lost a single one, except he says, the son of perdition, you know, speaking of Judas. And so don't be a Judas, you know, don't, don't turn your back on the word of God right now, because that is the, that, that, that's the temptation. And there's a lot of doctrinal justification for that. And, uh, but that we know those are all doctrines of devils. And so I want to hear your thoughts on Laodicea, man. Talk to me, Troy. What's, what's this all about? Okay, listen, man, we are actually 22 minutes into this. And for everybody who has recently joined us, uh, we are. this is the Revelation Report. And I'm here with my good friend, Jamie Galloway, who is in Nashville, Tennessee, and also my good friend, Pastor Darren Stott from the Seattle Revival Center. And he is joining us today here at the table. Okay, so... I want to talk to you about this. Okay, so I've actually had the privilege of going to Laodicea. I've I've been to actually six of the seven, uh, of six of the sites of the seven ancient churches, and uh, actually been through there. And one of the things that I learned that was so fascinating, and Darren, you're going to love this, man. You're you're absolutely going to love this. Is the this is that whenever when, whenever we see Jesus speaking to these seven different churches, he is actually speaking to them through their headlines. And this is a really big deal because the word that Jesus is bringing to them is a relevant word according to their culture. It's not just a, 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 
just a blanket statement. It's he's actually being so relational, man. And he's actually talking to them about this is your culture. And you need to know that it was prophetic. There was a prophetic word within the headlines. Okay. So this, yeah. this is this is what the headlines of the day is all about. Okay. So they Laodicea was this city that was the first city in the entire world that boasted of having both hot and cold running water. Mm-hmm. Okay. And so what they did was they built this really cool, you know, there was like all these vacation spots going up and Romans were building timeshares and it's all inclusive and it's going to be so much fun. Come to Pompeii and have a blast. Right. And we're going to do that kind of thing. And uh, in the midst of all of that, there is this, there is this place where they got together and somebody decided, you know what, we can build all these houses and we can actually bring, because 30 miles one way, there are these extremely hot springs and this hot water can come in. And my gosh, we're Romans and we're all about aqueducts and we know how to transport water. It's going to be so cool. And so through these tracks of houses, we will actually have a flow of water that we're going to pipe in from 30 some odd miles away and it's going to be hot water. But then the opposite direction, there are these cold springs. And through the power and the genius of the Roman Empire, we are going to actually ship in all this cold water. And then through everybody's house, every single house is going to have a flow of water going this way and a flow of water going that way. Hot water and cold water. And it's going to be crazy. So everybody invested a lot of money into it. Uh, They started advertising it. They started marketing it. Let's do this. They got the aqueducts built. They transported the water. And then the day came that they had the big giant Roman general, the guy who you did not mess with, and he's going to do the official ribbon cutting at Laodicea. City fathers are there. Everybody's there. And he gets a drink in front of everybody, and they're like, huh? Huh? Mm. And he spits it out of his mouth and goes, it ain't hot and it ain't cold. Mm. Yeah, they're liars. And they're like, well, what are you talking about? Everybody knows that this is lukewarm water. It's not height. It's, it's, mm. it's not hot. It's not cold. Because the only way that they had to transport water was the ancient Roman way of the aqueduct system, which is an open air way of transportation. Mm. So by the time the, the hot water got there, it was room temperature. By the time that the cold water got there, it was room temperature. And that had never occurred to anybody that that would happen. They didn't have insulated piping. Mm. They didn't have any other way except for to build water bridges there. And while it was a genius act of engineering, it was actually fruitless and pointless because of how they carried the water. So Jesus shows up in the headlines of that day to those Christian people and says, see, that really wasn't about your region. It was really about you. Mm. It was really and truly about you. And he says, because you're lukewarm. So the word Luke means light. Okay. And he says, you're kind of warm. Lukewarm literally means kind of warm. Like some people would say it's warm. Some people would say it's cool. Some people say it's this, but it's just room temperature and it doesn't feel any different than the atmosphere that it's been placed in. Mm. So the big problem with the church of Laodicea is they are exactly the same as their environment. They are exactly the same as their atmosphere. Their culture is the culture of the world. And Jesus says, man, I wish you'd be one way or the other, but dude, there's nothing here that doesn't make me sick. Mm. Not nice. Jesus, majestic Jesus. Wow. That's crazy. Darren, what do you think, man? What what do you got, buddy? What do you got, Darren? Yeah, no, that's fascinating. That's very fascinating, especially what you're talking about as far as just the atmosphere affecting affecting the drinking water, and um, and also just the 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 metaphor that Jesus uses here. It's like uh, in order for it, Jesus to know to discern if 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 it's hot water, cold water, or lukewarm, he actually has to take it into his mouth, actually receive it in, in a posture like like this is something that that if he receives and accepts, it's actually going to go into his belly and it's actually going to bring life to who he is so the metaphor is fascinating that he would receive he would receive i'm receiving you like water i'm tasting you and i'm discerning you and i'm discerning whether or not i'm actually going to receive you into my body and because you're not hot or cold i cannot receive you therefore i'm going to spit you out um out of my mouth and so that's that's fascinating what you're saying pastor troy regarding 
the the atmosphere affecting the water and when you look at the atmosphere right now within our country and the atmosphere if we're honest just within the church right now um we have to become far better self judges we have to begin to and i think that's that's the part that 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 that's troubling to me is he says hey you're looking at yourself you say i'm rich i have prospered i need nothing and what he's saying is you are misdiagnosing where yep. you're at in the yep. present that's and because it. you don't have the ability to taste yep. because you you don't even know who you really are you're presenting yourself in, a, in an inappropriate state and you're you're giving yourself to me to receive and i can't receive you in this place because you have misdiagnosed your own heart condition it's crazy cool mm. that's crazy that's crazy cool From the very beginning, the Lord has called our tribe to be the hands and the feet of King Jesus to the poor and to the world's most vulnerable. We have been demonstrating the heart of the Lord in at least 53 nations throughout the world by building nearly 100 water wells, schools and homes for orphans, leprosy villages in India, and even now, we are feeding more than 3,000 people every single week right here in the United States through our local food banks. Several years ago, we built a massive effort to save boys and girls from the terrors of sexual slavery. You know, the number of redeemed children is now in the thousands, thousands of kids rescued, and those numbers are growing every single day. When you partner with Troy Brewer Ministries, not only are you helping me preach the gospel, but you're actually helping me demonstrate it through selfless acts of redemption and also helping us see a little boy or a little girl saved in every way that a child can be saved. We know we can't do it alone, so we're asking you to prayerfully consider being a part of our tribe. When you call us today or when you go to troybrewer.com and once you partner with us, not only will you receive the blessing of God for this great kingdom effort, but you will also receive free access to our video teaching platform at troybrewer.tv. It's video on demand, point, click, and have your life change. It's all of my school of ministry, all of my school of prophecy, all of my videos called Numbers That Preach, all of my pulpit teaching, and even all of my conferences with guests from all over the planet Earth. This is our free gift to all of our monthly partners, and I encourage you to take advantage of it. Go to troybrewer.com and partner with us today. You know what? The next part of that is is one of my favorite verses and what and how Jesus deals with them, Darren. And uh, Darren, I I'm I'm amazed at the personality of Jesus and how he did his personality because what he says in verse eighteen is this: I counsel you to buy from me gold refined in the fire that you might be rich and white garments that you might be clothed right. for the shame of your nakedness might not be revealed and anoint your eyes with eye salve that you might be able to see. Okay, you know what? Uh, well, you know, here's here's what he's saying, Darren, and it's just so cool. He says this: My advice to you is, you pay the price. Wow, wow. My advice to you. I mean, Jesus is like, okay. I mean, have you ever been in a place where you're mad and you're like, I'm going to give you some advice. That's what I'm going to do. I want to get my advice. And Jesus, this comes across as King James. This comes across as Scripture, and it is Scripture. It is holy. But Jesus is telling him, if I was you. I'd pay the price, dude. Mm. I would decide to be clothed where I'm naked. I would decide to be rich where I'm poor. I would decide to see where I'm blind. And you better get with this program. What do you say to that, Jamie? Come on, man. Yeah, you know, this this place was a very wealthy uh, uh, city. It It was a banking center. And, and, and so as a banking center, they had several things that luxuries that a lot of the known world didn't have. And so they kind of try to get it all. They, they have white robes, they're rich, they got gold, but then they also were known for their eye salve, which is a specific balm that they would use to heal eyes. And and they could actually do that. And so Jesus is come confronting them. Now here, here's what's interesting about those aqueducts that you mentioned, uh, you know, the distance between the aqueducts and, and that city 
uh, all, as well as the the distance, there was also uh, the the makeup of the aqueducts, which was made out of clay. And so they would use this clay, and so that water would get contaminated uh, as hot water was going down these clay pipings and eventually reaching the people. Now, here's what's interesting. Jesus, like Darren was saying, is is coming to his church to try to get a drink. He wants to taste them. Come on. But there, the where is the 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 water coming from? It's coming from miles away. They're not they're not drinking from the source. They're not drinking from the source. They're drinking from a, a another place that is sourcing and resourcing the main source, which is distance away. So what does that say to us right now? You can't get from another place what you're supposed to have from God in your own mm. life. You can't wow. get from a Pull, Good, uh, another, you can't tell ask a person to lay hands on you and suddenly give you a relationship with Jesus. And you know, you, you're Good. trying to resource somebody else's source. And you've got to become your own resource and connected to the source himself, connected directly to Jesus. And so he's saying, Look, you're not plugged in to me where I'm at right now in your life. You might be living off of somebody else's. Twitter feed, or you might be living off of somebody else's Facebook posts. But if you're not careful, you're going to end up lukewarm because what we have is a retweet generation. We got a copy and paste generation where everybody can tell everybody else what God spoke to, you know, Troy Brewer or God spoke to Darren Stott. But can you say what God is sharing with you as right now? And so that that lukewarm water is really because the distance it took to get there, as well as uh, the the infrastructure of piping was terrible. And so, you know, we think about that in modern in modern sort of speech in modern you know times. What does that mean for us spiritually? It's saying, guys, get plugged into what God is doing right now, right where you are. You know, don't you can't get listen. I, and I, I'm I I so thank God for. Uh, media ministry and and being able to pipe this thing. People are watching in Africa right now. People are watching. But if you have access to a local body, access to a local church, you can't get online what, you, you, what you're supposed to get from going to that local body, from being a, a member of that community and tasting together the goodness of God. And so I, I think that we are in really, um, and with the advent of social media, Troy, you know, Darren, I'd love to hear your thoughts on this, but, you know, everybody's a prophet. Everybody, it, you know, thinks they got the answer. And it's really all they're doing is what uh, Jeremiah, they talk, they were, they were warning out of the prophet Jeremiah. All you do is listen to the other prophets and repeat what they're saying. And so they're just copy and pasting. They're retweeting their post. And, you know, that's not, not what we're supposed to do. Somebody asked me this last week. Who do you listen to prophetically? You know, like what 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 kind of like people do you listen to? And then, you know, they were asking me about my prophetic ministry, and I said, well, you know, to be honest, I try not to listen to too many people if I'm going to hear the pure stream. I don't want to be. No, it's not like I'm not around environments where, you know, only a few weeks ago I was hearing Pastor Troy or or Rabbi Jason Sobel or Cindy Jacobs giving their word of the Lord. I hear those things, but I don't go search them out and try to you know, rehash that and make that my word. And, and because I got to come with a pure stream, I got to come with something that I'm hearing from the Lord in the secret place. And so he says, get, get back to the secret place, get back to the heart of God. And so he says, counsel, I counsel you now watch verse 19. I want to hear you Troy on this. As many as I love, I rebuke and chasten. therefore be zealous and repent. Behold, I stand at the door and knock if anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come into him and dine with him and he with me. It's back to the open door, something there. I know you've heard some doors knocked, you know, even recently in the middle of the night, God's That's been great. knocking on your door. Tell me about that. Oh, come on, quit it. You got to, no, you I want like to, it. I want to hear it. I'm already so weird to begin with. No, I do. No, uh, man. Let's no, hear man. It. The Lord, the Lord literally knocks. I, I hear the knocking of doors all the time. I don't know if anybody else ever hears that, I don't totally. know, but it literally means I'm giving you an opportunity to get in alignment with me. Open up. Oh, would you please be open to that? Yes, I will. 
And it has to do with depending upon what the theme of the day was or what the Spirit of the Lord is talking to me about or what time it is. I probably heard God speak more through a digital clock than probably any man of God uh, anywhere around me. I just like, oh my gosh, it's four, four, four. It's two, 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 three, three, three. Hallelujah. And then there'll be this thing that'll, that'll wake me up. And, um, with that said, when it comes to the church of Laodicea in here, the first thing he tells them before he says, you know, before he talks about that, open the door is he says this, if I love you, I have the right to spank you. If you're mine, <laughs> I'm, I'm going to show up with a whooping stick every now and then. And what's really is, uh, like, Jamie, you don't correct the other kids in Walmart, even though they're out of their tree and they're losing their minds and they're bouncing off the wall. Those are not your kids. And Jesus says, as many as I, as I love, I will chasten. Yep. And he goes, it, what he's saying is this, if I love you and if you're mine, I've got the right to correct you and I will use my right because I love you. And that's another thing, too, that we've lost in our day, in, in our age, in this Laodicean age, is just the fear of the Lord, you know, yeah. be, because we are hyper grace people. And people accuse us of that. Uh, well, Pastor are you are you one of those hyper grace guys? Well, what minimal grace are you a part of? What mm. where's your tell me all about this minimal grace doctrine that you have. But see what they they're they're so biblically ignorant. They don't even know what grace is. They don't know that it's a God given ability to overcome. They think that it's a, they think that we're saying that it's a license to act a fool. No, it's a God given ability to be godly. It's the God given ability to be set free. That's what it is. And man, I, I, I don't want to miss that. So no, yeah. yeah, I'm hyper grace. I really need hyper grace because I'm hyper anyway. But then to the rest of this bunch, what he said, oh, I just lost my, my deal here. I'm so sorry. Thank you. But then he says to them after he says, I'm, I want to give you some advice. You need to pay the price. Then he says, and, and you need to know this. Uh, if, 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 if you're mind, I'm going to show up and you're going to get a spanking sometime. And then he says this. Be zealous and repent. Mm -hmm. Okay, this whole entire word, and Pastor Darren, I know that you know a whole lot about this, but he's actually rebuking them concerning their, their passion. They're actually, he's actually saying, dude, when I show up to you, it makes me want to throw up how that you do not have passion. I did a, I did a men's conference in uh, Bridgeport, Texas on Saturday night, and I told this room full of men, I said, lack of passion is evil. And the essence of evil is actually the lack of empathy. That's how mm -hmm. the Nazis were able to kill children and murder people the way that they did. They had no passion. They had no empathy. They had actually developed a skill set of just like, no, I'm just going to just move along with that. I'm going to do that. Pastor Darren, what do you got on that? Yeah, I was just thinking through the whole thing of um, this, this thing of because I love you, I'm going to rebuke you. <laughs> And that's very offensive in our American culture because we, we think that correction is synonymous with rejection. Yep. So, Pastor Troy, if you corrected me, that means that you're actually rejecting me. Now you don't want me to come. That's to not true, is it? It's no, true. No, it's not it's true. Because I love you, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell you the truth and bring you into this place of discipline. And, 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 and I, know, I know we're talking about revelation, but just getting just super practical. Parents, if you love your kids, correct them correct them and discipline them we don't we don't correct based off of behaviors necessarily we we discipline based off the off of the negative trajectory of the heart so if your child falls short of god's perfection and glory right okay awesome you're loved but if you start to notice a pattern a, a negative sequence in the trajectory of your child's heart is it's like what bill johnson says he says that whatever you tolerate will eventually dominate. Well, that's true in our home. So if if your children are turning into these evil little dictators and you have no control within your home, the question would be, do you love your home, your family? Do you love Dude. your children? Do you love the souls of your Come little on. boys and your little girls? Mm. And, um, and, and I believe in discipline. I believe in, in, in spankings. And I know that that's controversial. But, but, um, yeah, I know I'm, I'm going out there today. And, and I want to say this, I, and, and, and you can just, and I, there's love and logic and there's all kinds of, you know, give your kid seven choices and then let, and I'm just not smart enough for that, <laughs> for that stuff. What I, what I've noticed in, in, uh, in our home is that when the trajectory of one of our child's hearts is, is, is going in a, in a negative direction, oftentimes Andrea will say, I think this child needs a reset. And there's something about, and I'm going to be kind of vulnerable here, but there's something, uh, and I hate to spank my children. It's something that certainly doesn't happen all the time. 
but there is this point initially where 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 my child is either you know is really angry, really mad at me, and there's and you hear something in their voice when they begin to cry, and you hear there's a certain point where that the, the frequency of defiance shifts and it turns into a frequency of brokenness, and that breaks my heart as a father because I had to I had to make that shift, I had to bring that heart shift, and so that's why it just breaks my heart. I hate to spank my child, but I love my child. And you hear the tone change. You hear the frequency change. It goes from a, ah, you know, to a, to a sound of brokenness. And then it is my role as a father to, 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 to restore the heart of my son with my, to be there in his brokenness and, uh, or to be there with my daughter in her brokenness. So good. And then to nurse them back into the place where right. our hearts are back into alignment. And I tell you, there's an immediate transformation of my, of my child. And, um, and so if we are enabling negative behaviors in our home, we're partnering with these Come dominant on. spirits that are actually anti-love. And so I know this is countercultural, and I know this may be offensive for some parents, but if you're, if, if you, if, 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 if there is chaos in your home, you've lost control of your home and the enemy is tricked you into advocating your authority in your, in your home, it's time for you to realize, listen, as a parent, you should never have to yell at your children. Because you have authority. You've got the gun and the badge. You're the sheriff. You're the deputy. And for the church, and this is where, with Jamie, you're talking about social media. Social media, the success of social media is based off of uh, approval. Well, this, how do you know that you're a true prophet? Um, you're not necessarily <laughs> getting a lot of approval. And, um, and, I, and I think what's interesting good, is that man. The, this is a, such a prophetic passage. Why? What's Jesus doing? He is Jesus, the pattern prophet, is bringing discipline and correction to the church. And he says, if you respond appropriately, the fruit of that, of, of that response will be you will be zealous. You will be passionate in your repentance. And true repentance is revelation. True repentance is your eyes mm. open so and good. there's heavenly disclosure. And now you realize so something that you didn't realize before. And it's going to change the way that you're walking. And that's the, that's the true prophetic. It mm. brings a a hard word to produce a soft heart, and we need that in the church. Dude. Even though we don't want that in the church, we need we want you know we want baby powder, but the Lord might bring gunpowder, and we need to have the maturity to realize that's the love of God. Dang mm. man, I mean, listen to this, uh, Pastor Darren Stott, Brother Jamie Galloway. I was I spent the big part of the night on Sunday night at Cook's Children's Hospital because there was a tragic event that took place and and uh, a car car crash within our community and our tribe here uh, actually killed a very good friend of mine uh, killed a child and and then there's a three-year-old that's been fighting for their life and we were up there at the children's hospital the staff of the hospital did something that they do not do and that they literally came and got me and invited me into that room, me, Aliana and I into the main room where all those children were and asked us, will you please pray over these kids? And this is what the main doctor of the entire area said, do you see all these kids that are on life support? I said, yes. And they were, they were, they were, they were children and they were on, and they were um, teenagers. He said, he said, 60% of all of these kids are in here because of because of behavior issues. They have no emotional intelligence whatsoever. Uh, a five-year-old that threw a fit and jumped out of the window doing 75 miles an hour. Didn't agree with something his mom said. I'm saying, so I'll just wow. jump out and I'll just wow. hit the highway at wow. 75 miles an hour. I'll show wow. you. Kids that are hanging themselves. Kids that are... Uh, Two kids in there that have hung themselves, kids that have, and, and it's all social media driven. It's all, every bit of it is social media driven and the pressure that they feel is uh, under social media. And they have no skill sets because they're fatherless. <clears throat> they have no skill sets whatsoever. They have never been corrected. They have never been straightened out and go, wait a minute, dude, listen, we're not going to act like that. And I loved what you said, Pastor Jared. Uh, uh, Pastor Darren, this yeah. is not, this is not rejection. This is a rebuke. And you need to know that ain't going to happen. And you're not going to have that mess within, within your life. And of course, that's challenging for every single one of these parents. But Jesus, when he deals with the church of Laodicea, when he deals with it, uh, he's not afraid to be a parent at all. He shows up and says, I'm, I'm the alpha male here. Mm. 
That's that's me. And I'm mm-hmm. the guy who's going to dig. I mean, I'm the beginning of the creation of God. He's like, so don't come to me with you don't know how hard it is, whatever, dude. I've been, I am the beginning of all that's been come on, created come on. and I am the alpha male in charge of all that. And I'm here now. And, and if I love you, I'm going to spank you. And today you're getting a spanking. And that whole thing within our culture said, no, 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 you don't need to do that. Well, those people don't care if your kids are dead. Those people don't care if your kids go to hell. Those people do not care if your house is in chaos. Do not heed their counsel. Listen to what the Lord says. All right, Jamie. I we're listen, man. We got it. We got to finish up here, man. We are ranting and raving today. I and know, we, man. Oh, you guys are going on about spankings. Uh, <laughs> I mean, listen, we only have just a few minutes left, and I and I really want to get through this because the next part of this, he says in verse twenty, he says, "As many as I love, I rebuke and I chasten. Therefore, be zealous and repent." You have to own your own passion. Nobody else owns your passion. You have to own your own passion. And then he says this, behold. That means watch this. That's what behold means. Watch this. I stand at the door and I knock. And if any man will hear my voice and open the door, I will come into him and dine with him and him with me. Okay. Jesus says right here in this verse, Jamie, he doesn't knock on the door with his hand. He knocks on the door with his voice. Mm-hmm. Behold, I stand at the door and I knock. And if any man will hear my voice. Wow. Okay. Yeah. So he's not knocking with his hand. He's knocking with his voice. And that's one of the things when I hear that knock, I hear that supernatural knock. I know the voice of God has come to me. Mm. I know that. And then he says this, but your response is everything. If you will hear my voice and if you will open the door, here's what he says. Are you ready for this? His whole agenda is crazy. It's the end of every Fast and Furious. It's the end of every Duck Dynasty. It's the end of the Waltons. It is the whole thing of we're going to sit down like a family. Yeah. That's his agenda. And it's a crazy agenda. It's it's absolutely crazy to me. We're going to sit down as a family and we're going to love each other. And it's going to be crazy cool. Yeah. Come on. Wow. That's so powerful. The, the, um, you know, when you, when you look at all the stuff that he had wrong, you know, wrong with them and he was able to confront them, at the end of it all, it doesn't push him away. He actually is trying to push in and he's trying to get closer. Now, it's, what's interesting to me is the followers of Jesus, you know, Jesus got to a point where he had 5,000 people following him around, right? He was, he was you know, they, people are coming for his bread. People are coming for different reasons. He might, must have had some really good bread, but they're coming to him for different reasons. And Jesus doesn't scare them away by rejecting them. He scares them away by asking them to come closer. And he, Mm. and he says, look, I want you so close. And they're like, we're ready. Come on. I want to be close. And he's like, all right, here's one. How about you get this close? And they're like, tell us Jesus. He's like, eat my flesh, drink my blood. (laughs) You know, they're like, hold up. We're not here for that. We, we didn't (laughs) sign up for that. We're here for the bread but not your body. And, you know, they're, they're, you know, that's the thing is Jesus is saying, get so close and it it will make you uncomfortable how close he wants to be. And, and so when he wraps it all up and he says, I got all these things, it's not ultimately leading to rejection. I think in, in light of those things with, with discipline and everything like that, I think what parents can fall into the trap of is they could fall into that, you know, disciplining their kids, however you do that, is is the, the the only form of relationship that you have with your kids. But if you don't have the the dinner table, if you don't have that moment of time with them where you're connecting with them, where you're throwing the, the, the baseball or the football around, or, you know, you're sitting with your daughter and listening to her talk and pour out her heart, then the other side of the equation is not going to, to compensate for the level of, of disconnect that you have with your own kids. And I say that in the presence of some great dads, you know, these are great fathers, you know, Darren's, I met his kids. I know, I know his kids, Troy, you're a great father. And you know, Miss Leanna is a great mom. And, and so these, these, this is all in light of that. If you have that and you try to compensate for the level of disconnect with discipline, and that's all you do, then you're going to miss the mark. However, if you try to compensate for the lack of discipline wow. with always thinking it's just about here and here and here in their heart, then you're going to miss the mark as well. And so there's error on both sides. There's traps on both sides of the road. And you-, so, you know, 
that's a that's what Jesus comes down to is like he wants to be close, but you need to get these things dealt with. He's not saying, I don't want to be close to you because of this. He goes, I'm going to come close to you. If you open the door, I'm going to come in. I'm going to dine with you. I'm going to have dinner with you, communion. And, and so that invitation still stands today. He wants to have communion with us. And so, Darren, what do you think? Man, Jimmy, that was awesome. That was so powerful that we would invest into our into this our relational equity you know, that we would invest into it. So th- that is so good. And this actually, I, I feel like that there's a parallel here between Laodicea and Ephesus. There in is. In Ephesus, there is, the man. Lord says, yeah, I time. have this against you and that you've lost your first love. Well, here to Laodicea, he's like, um, hey, my, my key doesn't work anymore. So good. It, it, Crazy I can't, cool, I can't man. get into my, own, into my own house. That's ridiculous. And so I'm just gonna. That's ridiculous. Because of love for you, I'm just gonna. I'm just gonna stay here and keep knocking. And if anyone, if anyone hears my voice, I'll, I'll, I'll respond. And to me, there's so good. This, this passage, yep. it, it, it's full of correction, but it reeks of mercy. It's like you've, you've pushed me out of your Jesus thing. <laughs> and, yeah. and, but I am pleading with you. And if you will, and if you will come, I will. I will, I will, I will come back in and we can have union and relationship again. And man, I, I feel like in so many ways, it's so easy. I've, I've done this just recently. The Lord spoke to me and rebuked me for trying to do kingdom without Jesus. Mm, because good. I turned kingdom into a duty into this is my responsibility as a minister is to bring the kingdom. And yet I divorced the kingdom from Jesus. Wow. And it was like, Jesus so was like, I am the kingdom. And I am in you. And and so here I am doing this Jesus thing while Jesus is at the door knocking. And he's like, Darren, dude, like, I, I love what you can do for me. But what about me? Mm. You know, listen, guys, I have to we have to wrap this up and we got to close because in seven minutes, we have an hour long session for all the people of the prophetic life. And uh, these guys are going to be joining. me. I don't know if Jamie's going to be joining me or not. He's probably going to go to Walmart or whatever, but, but, but I know Pastor Darren's going to be joining me and you're welcome to, by the way, Jamie, if you want to, but friends, I have got to wrap this up. And my favorite thing that Jamie just said in the sense, well, actually he didn't say, I don't really know that Jamie said anything brilliant, but I I did hear (laughs) Pastor Darren say a few brilliant. Okay. No, this was actually, Jamie said, Jesus drove people away by inviting them in close. That was a game changer for me, bro. I, I'm telling you, I, I went, I felt that when you said that, and you know what guys, the key scripture, for the word this the one of the key scriptures that God gave me for the year 2021 and yes I know the critics don't like that and we don't care but a there an actually an actual word in due season is Exodus 2021 and Exodus 2021 says but the people stood afar off but Moses pressed into thick darkness where the presence of God was Mm. That's Exodus twenty twenty one. Wow! And so, man, wow. the Lord is saying, "Get close, get close." And then, and then, Jamie, you were talking about, man, you got to throw the football if you're going to bring the rules and all that. So, I heard somebody say years ago, "Rules without relationship breed rebellion." Yeah, rules without relationship breed rebellion. Relationship without rules also breeds rebellion. Listen, guys, we got to wrap this up and we'll finish this and we'll finish all this again next week. But I just want to say, Jamie Galloway, thank you so much for joining us again today. What a great what a great spirit you have and what awesome insights you have, bro. Thank you. Thank you, Troy. Thank you, Darren. It's great to be here, guys. God bless you in Texas. God bless you, my friends. Uh, Pastor Darren Stott, how in the world do people find you? How do they get plugged into your ministry? How does that work? Yeah, hey, uh, it's my name, DarrenStott.com. We're doing really cool stuff in Seattle, so check us out, SeattleValleyCenter.com, DarrenStott.com. Make sure you put in your email because social media is getting a little wonky. And so I would love to connect. I would love to connect with you and celebrate what God's doing in your life. So go there, put in your email. That'd be awesome. Thank you so much. And hey, friends, if you're a part of the prophetic life, if that's you and you're a part of that community, get ready, man, because we're fixing to be unpacking some wild prophetic stuff. And dude, you're going to love it. And if you have not yet signed up for that, simply go to TroyBrewer.com and sign up for that so that you don't miss any of these crazy cool sessions. Or as always, you can call 877-413-0888. People are standing by to pray for you. And if you need a friend or if you need a prayer, or if you need resources, there's a whole room full of people here at Open Door Church standing by 
ready to pray with you. All right, friends, that's all the time that I have for today. And until next time I see you, you know what I'm going to call you. I call you the head, not the tail, above and not beneath, and highly favor the Lord. Bye-bye, everybody. Blessing and peace on you.